Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. We are in the second week of the playoffs. Sponge, we got a lot to cover from last week. A, a wild opening week of the playoffs, including a number one and a number two seed bounce to the opener. Sponge, what uh, what kind of took you by surprise last week? Well, obviously the 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 number one seed, our number one local boys that we've uh, been on all season, uh, finally bit them in the butt you know we've talked about how Jackson has been really good all year been consistent but kind of inconsistent at the same time and they just kind of uh those ugly signs that we saw kind of peaking the last couple weeks kind of kind of bit them and they you know fell to a a hot Riverside team which we, we basically both said it going in should Jackson be concerned going into that game and we were both like, yeah, I think there is cause for concern. And, uh, you know, basically Jack or Jack, uh, Riverside took advantage of uh, Jackson's inconsistencies on offense and got up. And, you know, Jackson just – they fought valiantly to get back in there and, and win it or send it to OT, but came up short. So that definitely was uh, the biggest surprise, I'd say, for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, the, the struggles we saw in uh, Jackson Riverside in the regular season game, Jackson won that game six to two, and they probably yeah. could have easily lost that game. Uh, Riverside had a, had a couple drop passes in the end zone, um, just a, not a good finish for Jackson, and which is, is disappointing to say. You start eight and one, you're riding an eight game winning streak, and you lose to First Coast in week eleven, and then you lose your you're only only number one seed in the state to lose your opening round game. So a little bit of a disappointing finish for the Tigers and. Um, and just, you know, talking to Marty Lee last week, uh, he came in the studio last Friday night, first coast coach. And um, he said, you know, that it injuries hurt Jackson late in the season, but I think coaches got a little bit of a vibe or a feel for what they were doing and, and how to best stop them. And first coach stopped him in week 11 to get into the playoffs. And then Riverside, you know, give Antoine Nicholas and the generals credit. I mean, they came to play and they've been, you know, they were on uh, life support in week uh, week 11. They needed to beat Rebolt, which I didn't think they could. And they beat Rebolt to get in there. And um, lo and behold, surprise in the first round of the playoffs, too. So Antoine Nicholas got those guys believing, got them firing on all cylinders heading into that Reigns game this week. So a uh, big turnaround for the Generals. That definitely. We talked about them, too, as as kind of getting their getting their act together, kind of feeling themselves out. They've had, you know, they won the first two games of the season, then they kind of hit a little bit of a stretch where they played some tougher teams, dropped some games, lost some games. So they kind of just always kind of fought hard, and uh, they they had that stretch run there late in the year where I think they kind of found themselves in that when they – obviously we said last week they played Trinity pretty tough, came on the losing end of that, but then I think they kind of like realized that they can kind of play with anybody if they kind of play their game. And that's kind of what they did in the last several games of the season. They're a little hot. They found themselves a little bit. So – I mean, you can't find a hotter team. Now, granted, I think Reigns, I think Reigns kind of surprised us a little bit. Not necessarily huge surprise that they beat Ed White. I think the, the thing about Ed White was the fact that their quarterback has been out since, you know, week six or whatever it is, and they've kind of been limited to a one-dimensional thing. So I, I, I liked Ed White's running game, but I was surprised at how well Reigns kind of put a number on Ed White as well. So, you know, that to me – is two hot teams going against each other, Reigns and uh, in uh, Riverside. So that, that yeah. should be a good one Friday night. Agree. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a surprise for me with Reigns. The Reigns has been up and down offensively. Um, you know what you're going to get defensively with Reigns, but they were able to kind of 
uh, him and White and and beat them, you know, pretty uh, pretty easily in the yeah. opening round of the state playoffs. I'd actually picked White in that game. Uh, turns out it was a easy range win, 34-22 Vikings. They really flipped that game towards the end of the first half. So let's uh, let's go through our scores from last week. Let's stay in our Metro division. A uh, game that I, was a little bit of a surprise to me, Seminole 30, Mandarin 28. The Mustangs battled in that game. I was at that yeah. game until half. Seminole was winning that game 16-0. And, you know, at number one seed versus number eight seed, you're thinking, man, is going to get waxed in the game. Uh, they came back in the second half, starting with a kickoff return, um, and just kind of kept it from there. I, I, next year, to me, is Mandarin's year. I think uh, Tramel Jones is a junior. Jamie French is a junior. All the guys they got coming back, Antoine Belgrave-Shorter. I mean, a lot of guys coming back for Toby Bullock in year two. So I like Mandarin. Really, next year, I think this year was a little too early for him, but I like the resolve they showed. Seminole, of course, playing without a starting quarterback, so that was a little bit, a uh, little bit of a, I think, uh, kept that game a little bit closer than it should have. Um, we keep going down through our Metro Division. Tampa Bay Tech absolutely hammered Fletcher, thirty-four to three. Orlando Edgewater, fifty-seven, first coast six. So uh, a great, uh, a great story. The Bucks getting in the playoffs did not translate to a Week One win. Uh, Staying in region, the, in, in the Metro Division, Riverside. 20, Jackson 13, we covered that. Bulls 38, Episcopal 6, Range 34, White 22. And our second surprise of the week, Orlando Bishop Moore 28, number two seed Bishop Kenny 7. Very similar to me as Jackson uh, Bishop Kenny. They started strong, had a nice start, you know, one tough loss to Ponte Vedra. And then week 11 gets here and you see kind of handles you. And then you go out on your home field last week and absolutely – get hammered by Bishop Moore, 28 to seven. And Bishop Kenny, to me, a little bit, you know, a little bit of a, a similar finish to, to Jackson. You just don't finish strong. You got to, you go out on a, on a losing streak and uh, not how you want to finish. Again, a couple of years ago, they were all one win team. Uh, and Tim Krause got in there and turned things around. So um, a good season for Bishop Kenny overall, but a, but a difficult finish. Yeah, definitely a disappointing uh, way to end it. Cause you know, you're, you're the two seed in the region. You're feeling good. You knocked off Bulls, you know, two weeks before. So, you know, everything was going right. And, you know, just to only score seven points is kind of disappointing offensively. You know, Bishop Moore was one of those teams, you know, their Orlando team. They've, they've uh, been a good, solid team for several years. I've always seen Bishop Moore. They always make good playoff runs. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what truly they have or how really good they are, but, you know, one of the biggest gripes we had about Bishop Kenny was their level of competition. And, you know, they did what they needed to do and beat up on the teams they needed to beat up on. And they did that, you know, and then, so you're like, okay, here comes Bowles at the end of the year, Bowles will smack them around. And, you know, but no, they got the win. They played a tough game, you know, got, got that monkey off their back feeling good. And then they go into that UC game final week of the season, like you say, get drubbed. And, uh, you know, so it kind of just didn't translate the very next week and you're, early exit round, first round out of the playoffs. And it's kind of just, you know, a little disappointing for sure for Bishop Kenny. Disappointing, but again, overall a pretty good season. Kind of like a Definitely. I liken Definitely that so. to kind of how Jackson finished. A disappointing finish for Jackson, but again, first district overall, title. Overall good years. Yeah. yeah. yeah first district title since 09 for Jackson. And yeah, a, a nice finish, but you got to get over that playoff hump if you're a, a team like a Jackson or a Bishop Kenny. So. Uh, good overall seasons for those guys in the Metro Division. Switch to Suburban, Bartram Trail 50, Flagler Palm Coast 20. Palm Coast is actually up 14-0 in that game, and then the Bears just turned it on uh, and coasted to the finish. Creekside 47, 
Navarre 20, so big win for the Knights. That sets up a nice rematch in round two. Uh, Choctaw 42, St. Augustine 35. Disappointing game for the Jackets. They have 26 in the third quarter in that game and let that one get away. So disappointing yeah, that, finish for them. That hurt. That hurt. Disappointing. Uh, Scambia 42, Middleburg 18. Good season for the Broncos after an 0-4 start. Just too much uh, Pensacola on the road. Columbia 29, Lincoln 6. So the Tigers, you know, one of our preseason teams to watch, Sponge, and they're starting to kind of crank they're things up, up uh, when you yeah, need they're to. Heating up. Heating up a little bit for sure. It's a good season for the, the Tigers. They've got a tough one this week. Um, in Region 1-2-S, Swanee 39, Walton 15. Good win for the Bulldogs and Kyler Hall. Region 2-2-S, Bradford. Our boys get back on the shutout streak, 48-0 over Cres uh, Crescent City. Uh, Baldwin 29, Palatka 12, uh, Baker County 16, and Yulee 6. So that's our trek through the suburban class. And, you know, not not really any surprises there for me uh, in, in suburban. You know, St. Augustine lost, disappointing. But St. Aug is, to me, again, a team that's uh, very similar to Mannard. A lot of their guys are underclassmen. Lachlan Hewlett, Hewlett an underclassman at quarterback. And I think just that that inexperience there for the Jackets were, uh, were the difference there. you got to be able to close out a team. You have 22 points in the third quarter, and you lose yeah. that game 42. Unbelievable, 42-35. Disappointing finish for them. Yeah, big-time faint job for sure. When you're up, when you're up like that, you got to close it out and, you know, move on to the next. But I think, like you said, young players, inexperienced players, playoffs is just a different – style and brand of football and you got to be able to play all four quarters you got to finish the game and when you don't you can easily come in up on the losing end of it so that was definitely another like like you said uh, i think st augustine had some uh showed some nice signs this year had some nice wins played played a pretty tough schedule had some tough you know losses where they played with some t people that were pretty good so you know we'll see what they can do uh with those youngsters as they grow on for next year um, no big surprise, like you said, anywhere else. Um, you know, Middleburg started off poor and then kind of won some games, got in the playoffs. But usually, Escambia is always pretty tough. Um, like we said, Columbia—they're they're the uh, team that I think is the wild card. They uh, are definitely starting to heat up. You know, they've got playmakers all across the board offensively, so they can score some points. Um, you know, did a pretty good job defensively holding Lincoln to uh, six points. So. I just the, the tough part is I feel like Pine Forest has been Pine Forest in that um, that region. They've been pretty good the last several years. So, you know, get to that game and then we'll see what happens. But you know, other than that, like like we said, I think everything else was pretty true to form. With uh, Bradford winning big, you know, we thought Baker would probably win Baldwin. So it sets up for some nice uh, round two matchups. I'd say for sure though. Yeah, let's look. Start. Let's kind of turn the page to looking toward round two, and we've got some, uh, you know, some guys who were not in action last week back in action this week. We'll get to those in a minute, but let's start. Keep it in the suburban division. Uh, Creekside at Bartram Trail. That is a monster showdown in St. Johns County. Again, that game is always a regular season game between those two. Feels like a playoff game because. Again, their students know each other. There's history there. You're separated by about four miles on the road. Just a great natural rivalry, and that is not trans translated to the football field. So Bartram is 14-1 in those games against Creekside. Um, do the Knights have a chance in this game? We saw what happened in the regular season. They got absolutely taken apart by the Bears, and I do think that Bartram gets uh, totally jacked for these games. Um, kind of, you know, Bartram's the big brother. Creekside's the little brother. 
you kind of have the, you know, you've had that uh, hammer lock on that series. Again, you're 14-1 and one against Creekside all time. This is really kind of a coming-of-age game for Creekside. Can you beat Bartram when it matters? Yeah, definitely. Uh, got boat raced in the regular season. Uh, Bartram, you know, I, I thought Creekside had a really good shot to uh, kind of get into a shootout with them because that seems like the kind of game that Creekside is only going to be good for because their defense is, isn't, that, isn't that great, you know, when it comes down to it. So I know that they uh, basically get in those shootout type of games and, and hopefully that they can score enough points and generate some offense, which they've pretty much done all year. But when it comes to Bartram, they're just too, in my opinion, they're getting everything together on offense and defense. They're too uh, two-dimensional, and they're, they're balling on all cylinders right now. So I just, yes, Creekside has a shot because they're obviously going to be in the game. But they've got to generate some points and kind of get in that shootout game with Bartram Trail. So I do think Creekside, if, you know, all things considered, I do think they're probably a two-touchdown underdog at this point at the minimum. I just think Bartram is just too good um, and, and too – Bartram has a defense, and that's the I think that's the uh, the tipping point in this game because Creekside has shown a propensity to, uh, to, to not, you know, to not necessarily worry about defense as much because – they have an offense that could score 50 a game or 60 if they need to. Yep. So I do think that the, the tipping point is Bartram's defense. We saw that in the regular season game. So um, I, I just think Bartram has had too much in that series historically to lose a playoff game at home to Creekside. Yeah, no, they've, they've like I say, they've owned them. And that's the biggest difference is when you compare the two teams. Yes, we know Creekside can score points. Yes, they've done that all year. But their defense has given up a ton of points to whereas Bartram's defense was early in the year. They were the they, they kind of held the glue and dominated teams defensively. And then that offense has finally started clicking and clicking. And now now they're basically putting both phases together pretty well. And they're scoring a lot of points and they're shutting teams down. So when you look at the X factors of who's gonna do what better, Bartram's got the better defense. So yeah, I would definitely I mean, Creekside's got a shot, they, but they got to score and get into a shootout, man. But I think I think Bartram's too much defensively. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. Region 1-3-S, Columbia, we mentioned them a minute ago. They're going to Escambia, should they win this week. They're going to probably play at Pine Forest next week. So two panhandle trips and back-to-back weeks for Demetrius Jackson and the Tigers. You know, we, we touched on them a second ago, but I do think that Columbia is, is starting to hit kind of that ascension point of the season. We know weeks – one and two were, were not that point for Columbia, but they only lost once the rest of the way. That was to Trinity Christian. So can Columbia go on the road to Escambia? Again, central time game and a difficult place to play anywhere in that panhandle. But again, I, I do think Columbia is is making that trek at the end of the season much differently than it would have made that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, they definitely, again, they're a team that's kind of got all their, their grind and their gears in the right direction. And they've, you know, they've, they've, they've been a team that we just kind of like were miffed by because we're just like, man, this team should be a lot better than what they've shown so far. And I know they had a tough schedule and they played some really good teams and they, they battled with some good teams. Like, you know, they had a little bit of a shootout game with Trinity and they, but they, then they've kind of just missed and just like, like, man, how did they just win by, you know, this much versus whoever? And like, but they're finally starting to click, I think. And, and again, when you got playmakers who could take it to the house on any given play, you got a shot to, you know, make some magic happen in the playoffs. So definitely going to be a tough road to hoe, but, you know, I like I like what Columbia's got. So I'm, I'm rooting for them. Let's see what they got. Region 1-2-S and 2-2-S, a 
a good local flavor in this region. Swanee hosts West Florida in Region 1-2-S, and I've got Gainesville Eastside going to Bradford, Baker County at Baldwin, all local matchups there So uh, in Region 2-2-S. So I, I have thought this was going to be a Bradford, either Baker or Bradford-Baldwin regional final. I do think Bradford's the favorite there. Um, I like Swanee in that West Florida game, but we've really kind of, about midseason, kind of started seeing the the wheels turn for Bradford, and you know you're just you're stacking these shutouts back to back. Um, you're getting your offense going. You smoke Denellen 44-0. You lose a week 11 game to Swanee, and then you got Baker County and Baldwin. I mean Baldwin hammered Baker County in the regular season for the first time ever. And again, you you lose to Ed White in week 11. You come back last week against Palak, had beat them pretty handily. Um, how do you handle Baker County in the rematch if you're Baldwin? Yeah, see that, that that's a good that's a good one because you know obviously I'm good friends with the uh, the offensive coordinator Mr. Uh, Franchot Boogie Allen, and you know we talk a lot and you know we break down stuff and they've they've had a really nice year and obviously that was a huge huge win early in the year when they knocked off Baker hadn't beat them in you know forever and if ever and so it's always hard to beat a team twice it's always hard to play them that second time in the playoffs when there's just so much on the line, the pressure's ramped up, the tension's tight, you know, it's a, uh, but, but he like he likes what he's got offensively. He likes what he's got, you know, going on with, with uh, Baldwin and they've been playing really good football as of late, obviously the Ed White loss at the end of the year where, you know, just Ed White was just way more physical, had more cats, more dogs, you know, and they kind of took it to him. So, I think they learned a little bit of something from that game. You know, they beat a Palaka team who kind of was reeling, like we said, in the last couple of weeks. Started off so hot and then kind of just fell off the face of the, face of the earth. And, you know, they did what they needed to do. So that rematch game is definitely going to be tough. But I think I think they can handle it. But, you know, I don't I don't think – I think Bradford is the, the, the king of that class. And I think that Bradford wins this weekend. And I think Bradford beats either Baldwin or Baker County next week. But – I'm going for my Baldwin Indians, baby, to knock off Baker again. Yeah, it's, I, again, I don't know how you do it twice in a season. You know, Baldwin, again, never never beat Baker County before, and you beat them 30-7 in a game that, again, I've said it on the, when this happened before, the game wasn't even that close when it was 30-7. to yeah. I mean, Baldwin dominated that game. So yeah. what Baker County team shows up to me is the big question. We know, I think we know what Baldwin team is going gonna, is gonna to show up. you got a good running quarterback. Defense has been good enough. Um, so let's let's see what Baldwin's got. Tough to beat yeah. a team twice in the season. Um, I think we're going to see that next week with Trinity UC. Um, I think we would have seen that with Bishop Kenny Bowles. Uh, I do yeah. think it's difficult to beat a team twice, uh, no matter the level. And uh, that that Baker County Baldwin game sums that up perfectly. I do think Bradford again is the class of that region, and I do think Bradford will uh, probably play for a state title this year. Um, dropping down to the games that were not played last week in the opening round, Trinity Christian and UC both had buys or really not buys because the, the Browns are it's one round shorter in region one, one M. So Trinity will host Orlando Christian prep and another Orlando team, first Academy coming to university Christian weird scenario there because first Academy was actually the district champ or excuse me, the district runner up and Orlando Christian prep was uh, the district champ. They actually drew a number four seed. They beat first Academy by, I believe 27 points, something like that, 24 points. And somehow you get a worse game uh, if you're OCP uh, as opposed to First Academy. So OCP Trinity played last year in the playoffs. Trayon Webb's kind of uh, kind of breakout game in a sense in those playoffs last year. Yeah, that, that needed, game was uh, scary. That game they, was scary. 
yeah, they, Trinity really needed Trey on last year to to get in that game and win that game uh, to send them on to the state championship game. And it was a tough game. OCP held with Trinity that entire game. Trey on had, I believe, a 98 or 99-yard touchdown run to uh, to pull that game away. So you really saw yep. um, just how dominant that Trinity running game was in crunch time. Uh, Colin Hurley wasn't having a particularly great game. Um, and, again, I think Colin Hurley healthy now. He looked good in, in week 11. Had another week off the heel. Um, he's confidence as receivers, and you know what you get in that running game. So I do think Trinity in this game against OCP is uh, will be far different than last year, 29-21 Trinity, dogfight of a win. And uh, UC hosting First Academy, I do like UC in that game. They really showed me a lot. Again, handling Bishop Kinney in week 11, UC 9-1, and one, and, I, and we've said it probably since week one, UC Trinity next week, it looks like we can circle that one on the calendar. Yeah, I think I think both. TC and UC win big. I think they can name their score, and I think they roll this weekend. I don't think they have any trouble with either one of these two teams. Obviously, you know, I didn't think that last year when they were playing OCP, but I definitely think it's a different uh, Trinity team at this time where they're just way more multidimensional. Collins back healthy, slinging it around. Like you said, we know what we get from uh, Darnell and Trayon, so they're, they're toting the rock. Defensively, they're playing good, and obviously UC is playing really good ball too, and I Honestly, I think First Academy and OCP are, are not even in the same class with these guys. So I think they roll, and then we uh, get a great Black Friday matchup, the rematch, again, at Trinity against University Christian next Friday. Yeah, we, I, I would be surprised if either of those teams lost. Not going to guarantee a win. I mean, I, I remember Trinity Christian losing to, I believe, Pensacola Catholic in round one years ago, <laughs> like a 22-21 game uh, when it was uh, – Trinity was undefeated going into the yeah. playoffs and lost that game. And UC last year losing early on in the playoffs, which uh, which prevented a matchup against uh, Trinity as well. So I do think uh, it, it's tough to look ahead. I think that OCP game last year opened my eyes and said, hey, anything is possible. Um, yeah, OCP was true. like a, a Sunshine State Conference team the year before, and uh, Trinity Christian obviously needs no introduction in terms of high school football pedigree. Uh, and they gave Trinity everything it could handle last year so um but again I, I look at week 11 trinity christian quincy monroe and trinity was up on monroe 35-0 in, in the opening quarter um and again monroe was a team last year that pressed trinity a little bit in the playoffs and it was not even close this year so i do think we'll get a better version of trinity in this postseason and then in region 3-1-R, the rural division we've got madison county at union county and lafayette at hilliard it's tough to say those local teams in the rural county. I mean, Union County, we know what they've done this year. They beat Columbia early on in the season. Madison County, always a juggernaut in the playoffs. They hammered Fort White last week. And Hilliard hosting Lafayette there. Yeah, Hilliard was off last week. They're 8-2. and two. Good season for the Red Flashes under a new coach, Mr. Cox, out there in Nassau County. So we'll see if Hilliard can set up a matchup against either Madison or Union. Who do you like in those games there, Sponge? I've always, you know – more cowbell, baby. The Kerr Dog, Madison County is always a tough team. I, I, I love their atmosphere. Obviously, they're not playing there. They're playing at Union County, who's also another, you know, old school, perennial, like small school powerhouse team. I love that. That's like a great matchup, you know, all the time when those guys play. But, you know, lean, I'm leaning towards UC just because uh, Union County just because the game's at Union County. But, Madison's always a tough out, and then I'm I'm obviously rooting for the Hilliard to knock off Lafayette. So we'll, we'll see what happens in in that game. But 
I, I like those rural small town games there. So hopefully there'll be good atmosphere and there'll be a great games. That takes us through a football playoff edition, weeks one and two. We are uh, previewed week two a little bit, talked about week one. How about signing day comes and goes yesterday, excuse me, on Tuesday this week to Leah Scott, five-star guard, a combo guard at St. John's Country Day, officially signed with Arkansas. She's the number 11 rated player in the entire nation. And pretty cool. She actually had a pig at her signing day, which is uh, pretty interesting there. Uh, anytime your parents line up a uh, an actual live pig in honor of the Arkansas Razorback mascot, that is pretty darn cool. So congrats to Talia and company. And that will do it for another edition of Varsity. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, we'll talk to you next week.